I'm Kareen, and you're listening to Eat Like an Artist, the podcast that celebrates creatives, mindful entrepreneurship, and mental wellness. Each week, we dive into practical business advice and deep conversations among creative friends and role models, speaking openly and inclusively about life as an artist. We don't believe in gatekeeping because everyone's welcome. This is your community too. Let's find the balance within creative entrepreneurship with all the love for the art and none of the burnout and self-doubt. Hello, hello. Here we are for episode 14, which has been now dramatically named The Kindness Revolution, Creating a Business that Prioritizes Empathy and Respect. So I know we have touched on a lot about how we can be much more kind to ourselves during these past few episodes, mainly because I feel like a lot of us creatives were such giving, generous, altruistic people, I could even say that we tend to forget how we can take care of ourselves. But I also wanted to touch on how we can provide some kindness towards others as well, especially as creative entrepreneurs. We are in a people business. And that means that we interact with people constantly. That is clients, that is contractors, that is collaborators, that is investors, that is a lot of people. We may feel like a creative entrepreneur is mostly in the studio making the art that they make whether that's paintings sculptures photography video but for a lot of us because again we are humans we constantly interact with other people and so we really want to make sure that we're practicing self-kindness we need to continue that cycle onto other people as well and a lot of this focus on kindness towards ourselves and towards others really came from my experiences in a toxic work environment. Now, I know maybe saying those three words, hopefully it's not sent you into a memory lane spiral because unfortunately, a lot of us have had experiences in a toxic work environment. And those toxic work environments can be places where there's behavior that is abusive, disrespectful, even discriminatory, there's bullying, harassment, micromanagement. Hell, I have been in places that had all of that wrapped into one. I actually had this one job that I think I only worked at it for maybe a month and it felt like I was there for, no joke, five years just going through the worst belittlement I've ever had and it was just every single day was so awful that I legitimately had anxiety attacks before that job and it took me a really long time to actually really advocate and stand up for myself and I feel like that would have not happened had there not been those remnants of really kind people in those places that really helped out with me having the courage to build that into myself to advocate for myself. Now of course whenever you are in those environments There will be a fair share of times where when you actually want to advocate for yourself and be a kind person, not only to yourself, but to other people who may also be suffering that toxic work environment, you're going to be called dramatic. You're going to be called difficult. If you've ever had that situation and, you know, if you're maybe even listening to this episode and you're starting to think back at that time and you're starting to feel hurt maybe again from the things that people would label on you. There is this actually really awesome quote from this book called That's Bold of You by Case Kenny. And I think reading these four sentences 
which is super short, but they really helped me understand that me being called difficult in those toxic work environments wasn't a reflection of myself, but it was really more of a reflection of the people who decided to create that environment. So quote goes, you're only unrealistic for someone who wants to keep you on their same level. You're only difficult for someone who's always used to getting their way. You're only stubborn for someone who wants your standards to be negotiable. You're only dramatic for someone who is uncomfortable with honesty. Now, as we talk about kindness, I do want to note that kindness is also strangely not simple. And I think it's because most of the time we mistake kindness as a way that is not speaking up and not advocating. Kindness is also mistaken as tolerating mistreatment. I don't know if you've always heard the advice that if you don't have anything kind to say, don't say it. And I think oftentimes those are said whenever someone is basically prefacing that they are going to say something that is going to be hurtful, that is going to be offensive, that's going to have effects that are detrimental to somebody else. And so I don't think that's what kindness is. It's not Kindness does not equate to being silent. It is being actually aware of how the people are around you. And again, if we are people that want to be kind to ourselves and we want others to be kind to us, we need to have that energy put out to other people as well. And although this does not describe every single creative, unfortunately, there are going to be people that we meet and other creatives that we try to connect with. And they may be coming from a mindset that they want to just take, 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 take. And this is something that we touched on I believe in episode two, where there's a lot of people that just want to take, but they never think about what they want to give. And so this episode, we are reminding you that if there's nothing specifically skill wise that you feel like you want to give. I mean, if you're in a place like when I was like maybe even two years ago where I felt I was a noob and I was didn't know shit. I at least knew that what I could give to people is kindness, support, empathy, respect things like that and it's going to be a tremendous effect to other people's lives as well as your own and so I mean my whole thing is that I just want everybody to be having a great time I want everyone to be thriving and for us to do that we need to put in the actions to start that cycle of goodness start that cycle of kindness and so you might be thinking how does business relate to the cycle of being kind because I think most of the time we have grown up with the notion that business is this scary cutthroat snake-like place and I think that's honestly why I wanted to get into business well let me actually preface that I actually never expected to become a business owner and maybe you were the same boat as I am you were definitely a creative first and business owner completely last priority not even second third fourth on the list but it was something that ended up needing to be a priority so If you don't know how my trajectory was towards becoming a photography business owner, for a very long time, since I was a little kid, I was set on the pre-med track because I had a narrow view of what it meant to help people, which I thought was exclusive to the healthcare field. And so while I was pursuing the pre-med track and I actually got into college, I found photography because it was something that It was part of a collegiate dance crew called Moonlight that I was a part of. And I learned photography as the the publicity chair to market all of our events. And it wasn't anything more than that at that time. 
And so, of course, eventually I found out um, I probably shouldn't be anybody's doctor. And it's going to basically suck the life out of me, you know. And I had friends around me who the pre-med track was for them. And I am so grateful that they have continued to pursue that dream. But I think it took me also seeing how passionate they were about it that I really wasn't passionate about it either. And so I kept changing, switching majors. And ironically, now that I'm thinking about it, I was really bad at the classes for accounting, economics, business, you name it. I was actually trying to get into a health administration type of degree that was <laughs> that that didn't happen, as you could probably guess by now. So fast forward to 2020, I graduated college during a global pandemic and I didn't have any interest in doing medical school, grad school, any further education, but I also didn't know what to do. And, you know, the job pool wasn't very huge. And I also was just like, I had had a million identity crises. I still think I do sometimes to this day, but it's been a lot. It's been a tumultuous 20s. So I hopped from job to job. And unfortunately, a lot of the jobs that I did work after college were places that didn't really care about their workers' well-being. And one of these jobs was the one that I mentioned earlier that I actually had anxiety attacks before every work shift. I remember calling my boss to ask for the day off just because I needed a breather and they wouldn't let me. They were like, you're just not keeping up with the quote unquote fast paced environment, which I feel like was more used as a way to justify how the business was being run in a way that made people like myself and other people that I worked with so deeply uncomfortable. And so I eventually quit that job and I found myself wondering why businesses have to run like this. Do businesses have to even run like this? And who even decides that business has to be cutthroat, unforgiving, unwelcoming, and all those negative feelings that just make people feel like shit? And I learned very quickly and when I actually invested in a business coach I learned that business owners are decision makers and I really wanted to own that identity as a business owner and being a creative who has the innate want to give and make the world better and I think a lot of us creatives have that love and desire for it and I mean that's why we got into art it's something that is beautiful and it's something that gets us through the toughest times and I decided that you know business and art and the way that art makes us feel those don't have to be separate and you can also decide to be that type of decision maker that shows that there is another way to do business and it is a way that is kind to everyone and so I decided that I wanted to be a creative business owner that you know, does photography, I do a podcast now, and I prioritize things like kindness, empathy, and respect. And instead of focusing on just profits and the bottom line, I'm hoping that you all could join me in encouraging more and more creative entrepreneurs and just business owners in general that we have to put an equal importance on how our businesses impact people's personal and professional life. And of course, this would not be a Korean solo episode without giving y'all some 
very actionable things that we can do today and start doing today so that we can practice kindness towards others in our creative business. So I have listed out six ways. There's probably 1,000 ways that we could do it, but I feel like these six are pretty much like definite, like we should we should do it now. Now, first one is learn how to communicate more effectively. Now, I will say again, this is a very general advice and something that is said constantly that, oh, we need to communicate better. But I mean, if humans ever figured out how to be better communicators or perfect communicators, there would not be any issues ever. But this is something that we need to constantly work on. And I think one of the best ways for us to constantly work on it is to constantly expose ourselves to media such as books that really teach us how to be better communicators. There's actually this one specific book called Crucial Conversations. Um, I was first introduced to it in college when my friends and I really wanted to talk to a local business that was under a little bit of heat because of something that happened and the public was very angry about it justifyingly. But we also wanted to go on to the part of understanding that they want to change. And so we wanted to have that open conversation. But we also recognized that the topic itself was very, it was very emotional and very close to a lot of us. And it was something that was, even now, like as I'm speaking, I could feel my chest tightening. I could feel my palms sweating. Like it is a very, it was a very emotional topic. And so my friends and I recruited another friend of ours who is a low-key brand ambassador for this book. I mean, he's not actually, but he always talks about it. And I think it is a true reflection as to why whenever I do talk to him, it is always such a great conversation, so deep. And there's so many things that like I learn about him and myself and I will absolutely just praise him for how great he is it's my friend jason so if you are listening to this podcast thank you so much for introducing this book and being such a wonderful wonderful person so crucial conversations it is a book that essentially teaches you how to avoid conflict and come to positive solutions in high stakes conversations in your personal and your professional life so think about times where if somebody is being for example, in like toxic work environments, someone's being treated badly, whether that's something that is involving bullying, harassment, or even something that is discriminatory. Those are very emotional situations. And so having to be in those spaces where we talk about it and there's so much emotions involved, it is very hard to get through discussions whenever it's something that is so close to our hearts and so close to how we as humans have a need to belong and so when that need to belong and be respected is not provided to us I mean that's that's why we get angry anger is a part of us that knows that we are being mistreated so I mean this is also why I never get mad if people are mad because it makes sense and so what this book really does is to help us move past those emotional moments so think about a time that you had to have a difficult conversation with a friend for example and, you know, emotions run high and we start to not really think clearly in the situation. And then we start to just either go silent 
and stay stuck in the problem or we choose violence which is when somebody probably says something that they wish they never said and then it's just a back and forth of just basically never going back to the original discussion so this book really dives into three main principles which one is sticking to your goals during the discussion so you don't get overly emotional and so that's always something where it's always great to just have like okay this conversation is for us to figure out who needs to do chores for example like if you're having like a discussion with your roommates and any time that you're starting to feel yourself get like a little bit more emotional and heated and like I said I I could feel myself whenever I get emotional my my chest tightens I start to feel hot and so that's when you need to check in with yourself and also check in with the person you're talking to about okay what is our goal like what is our purpose here what information are we trying to relate to each other and so being able to check back into that goal really will help make sure that you know in those moments where you're starting to feel that rise in emotion you're thinking okay wait let's let's clock it back in let's figure out okay wait what is our goal let's let's get back on track Um, another thing that they also say is to also making sure that you listen to the other person's opinions and make sure that they feel safe in the conversation. There's an acronym, it's called AMPP, Ask, Mirror, Paraphrase, and Prime. Now, I could go into detail for it, but I'm really gonna be here telling you all to, to read the book. It's it's really great. Um, there's also another acronym that they use. It's the STATE acronym. So it's share the facts, tell your story, ask the other person's path, talk tentatively, and encourage testing. Again, I could really go into these, but this would be a very, very long episode. So yes, please, please, please read the book. It's really, really great. And also encourage the people that you work with to read the book as well. That way you both are understanding about when when a high stakes conversation comes up. Y'all know techniques to make sure that you can get to a solution. And then you both feel a lot better after that. And y'all can continue to be wonderful, kind people to each other. Now, I am definitely understanding that many of us business owners, especially if we are feeling that we are doing the catch-up game of figuring out how to even run a business because we have spent so much time really honing in our artistic craft, sometimes we're going to be short on time and reading and sitting down to read a book is not always feasible, especially if you have other things in life that you need to take care of, like friends, family, children, even dogs yourself it's a lot it's a lot to do it there's actually a youtube channel called four minute books that has a great summary for crucial conversations and a lot of other books too so if you're feeling short on time i'm sure you can spare four minutes each morning to hear a summary and even if you do the summary you could still read the book because these are things that we read once and we're like oh yeah i know it and then we'll forget again the human brain is very funny and we really need repetition. So if you need to do a warm up to these books, check out the four minute books YouTube channel. I'll add that in the show notes. And then if you're feeling like, okay, I'm having a little bit more time this weekend, grab the book and read it, read it, read it until you can really make sure that you are starting to learn how to communicate more effectively. Now, number two goes hand in hand with learning how to communicate effectively and that is active listening. So you've probably found yourself in a situation where you are 
in a networking event, for example, and you're talking one-on-one with somebody and you're talking with them and then your mind wanders and then you're realizing, oh my God, I have no idea what they've been saying and they're waiting for a response from you and you're literally there being like, I don't want to ask them to repeat it, but I'm going to have to. And so, yeah, those conversations are really awkward and when you're on the other end and you're noticing that somebody's not listening to you it doesn't always feel very good so this is also a very important skill for us to have and to be active listeners I know we get really overly concerned about like okay what am I going to say next what am I going to say next but you're going to be able to be better and more prepared on what to say next when you're actually taking the time to really listen and being interested in what the other person is saying And we often forget how listening is such a beautiful act of kindness, especially when you you never know, you might be talking with somebody who has not felt heard by anybody. And finally, you're this person that has provided a catalyst in their life that, okay, what I have to say is something of value. It's something important. So you never know when active listening, it's something that is a very small act but it could also have a really huge impact. So how we can really practice active listening, put away conversation distractors. I really try to make sure if I am sitting down with somebody, whether that's a client, a friend, whoever, I try not to have my phone screen up. Phones can be completely huge distraction. So I have it in my pocket, I have it in my bag, it's just out of sight. That way I can focus on that person. We can also turn off internal dialogue like I said sometimes we'll be in situations where we're thinking oh my god what am I gonna say next what am I gonna say next what am I gonna say next and you realize that's all the dialogue that your brain is actually processing and you had no idea what the other person said and then again you get back into that awkward situation where you feel bad but then they're also feeling bad because you weren't listening really try to prep and be turning off that internal dialogue also try to not daydream I know that's hard sometimes I'll be in states where I'm a little bit not as present in the space so I'll start to daydream but do your best to remove those distractions because that will help with actually listening keeping good eye contact that's a great way too you're really showing that person through your body that you are really paying attention to them and with paying attention to them it's also paying attention to non-verbal cues so sometimes I find myself actually mimicking the person's stance whenever I'm talking to them. And I think there is a way that as we talk with other people, when we like mirror the way that they're standing or like, you know, mirroring basically what they're saying and we're like giving them verbal cues of like, yeah, yeah, I'm listening. Or like physically we're showing them a similar posture that they have. It's showing them that we're syncing. We're like, we have that Bluetooth connection with each other. Are you looking to improve your communication skills? Our sponsor for this episode, Transcendent Accents, founded and led by Adrian Singletary, is here to help. With their program, you can enhance both your verbal and nonverbal skills, boosting your confidence in any situation. Whether you're an employee, athlete, doctor, manager, or creative entrepreneur, effective communication skills are essential for building strong relationships, presenting ideas clearly, and instilling confidence in your abilities. Transcendent Accents covers a wide range of key topics during their sessions, including articulation, pronunciation, pace, TED Talk preparation, public speaking, and more. They also have comprehensive training to ensure you excel in all aspects of communication. You've heard Adrian in our 
podcast episode seven on how speech and storytelling are so important for business success. So if you're ready to take your communication skills to the next level, we encourage you to schedule a consultation with Transcendent Accents today. Visit transcendentaccents.com to book your consultation and discuss your communication goals. Don't miss out on this opportunity to unlock your true potential with the help of our sponsor, Transcendent Accents. We will also have her websites in the episode show notes. And back to the episode. Another thing that you could do verbally is to ask open-ended questions so that you can show that you are interested in what the other person is saying. You could say questions like, what did you think about that? How did you do that? Questions that really encourage them to dive into a story about them. And it's going to make the conversation super fun for the both of you when you actually start to actively listen. And back to what we were saying about mirroring somebody's nonverbal cues and catching on those two, there's actually a really cool way that we can incorporate an improv technique in our active listening. I was at a workshop that was hosted by Shameless Society Improv at Duke Greater Charlotte's Creative Lab here in Charlotte. And they had this workshop that we did a bunch of different improv techniques and they incorporated a lesson as to how you can incorporate that in your own business life when you're building your brand when you're networking all these like just really cool ways that improv makes you a better communicator and one of the highlight exercises that we had was the yes and so how the exercise went is that we were all in a circle somebody started off with a prompt that day our prompt was we were going to go around the circle and talk about a party and like what was going to be at the party so somebody will say all right at this party there's going to be a fire breathing dragon and then the next person will say yes and then they add their other like item that's going to be there like for some reason there's going to be a concert that is huge and has like a huge list of artists and then the next person says yes and and you're basically building this massive imagery of this insane party and you can see as we go down the circle, everybody gets super excited about all just the ridiculous random things we think about. And what's really cool is that this exercise really shows how when we build off other people's ideas, just how the whole room will just glow. And it's just, it feels great. It feels awesome. And it was really cool when we did the alternate technique to it where it was no but. And so basically the same thing, someone talks about that fire-breathing dragon at the party, but then the next person says, no, but there's going to be this other thing. And you could see the energy level as the circle went around, it was just diving. Like it was just, we are not having a good time right now, which is very different from when we did the yes and exercise. And so that yes and exercise really showed how when we listen to the other person before us talking and we help build off their idea, it's just... It creates a really great space versus when, you know, we're talking with somebody and we're really more concerned about what we're adding into the conversation. And it's just, it's not good. Nobody feels great. You don't feel great. They don't feel great. So why do that? That's why we really want to make sure we try to incorporate a yes and mindset when we talk with other people, whether that is a contractor, whether that is a client, whether that is a collaborator. People are going to feel a lot better when you are building off what they're saying and you're listening and you make them feel like they are heard and understood. 
another great way and another act of kindness that we could do is number three, contracts. Now, again, same thing with business. We see contracts as this scary, unforgiving thing that everybody dreads for some reason. If we really think about it, contracts are a way that we could make sure all parties involved in the project are on the same page. And this is not just exclusive to clients that goes to your collaborators that goes to people that you outsource work to it is a act of kindness because contracts make sure that everyone's expectations are written down they're clearly communicated that way you can avoid future unnecessary problems so for example a continuous unnecessary problem i used to have when i first started photography was that I never was clear with people as to when they were going to receive their photos. And now that I'm like talking about it and I'm like looking back, I'm thinking that is the most basic thing, basic information I could have told somebody. But oh my gosh, it really caused a lot of problems on both ends because I was working like super diligently on people's work and I would keep getting like messages from them being like, hey, like when's the, when's the photos going to be? When are, when are the photos going to be there? And on my end, I felt very like rushed. I felt very, I felt very like I wasn't really considered as a artist. I was kind of considered as like a machine that needed to get something done. But I also had to remember that on their side, you know, they're faced with a mystery of like, all right, when am I going to get this? Like, is this person actually going to deliver what they promised me? And it's something that is uncomfortable to have to sit with, especially when you're the person that decided to outsource something and you're paying for something that is a lot because yes money we might see it as something that is just a piece of paper but a lot of times behind that is a story of somebody who is working very hard for their money so it is a lot on both ends when we didn't have a contract in place so definitely definitely have a contract you will thank yourself not only to help you, but to also help everyone else that you are working with. And speaking of money, number four, staying on top of your bookkeeping. So it's actually a really good self-care practice. And it is something that will really help those around you professionally and personally. So I know as creative business owners, we love to be paid well and paid on time. And so we should practice what we preach. We should also pay people well and on time, especially when you're in the process of outsourcing work or you're hiring a contractor or an assistant. You know, you don't want to be that person that they that they see in their side of their story that is like, hey, this person's not treating me well or like, hey, this person is literally a week late on the payment that we agreed to on the contract. So stay on top of your bookkeeping. Make sure that you know how your finances are. And now I will say again, I am not a tax or financial expert, but I do know someone who is. And so there's this really great company by Hannah called Sunlight Tax. They have a podcast. They have a great course called Money Bootcamp. Definitely check it out because it has helped me a lot with having clarity, not only with the actual practical bookkeeping skills and like understanding taxes in general, but also understanding a way to shift my money mindset. That is not only kind to myself, but kind to everybody around me. Number five. So this one's a very specific example 
about marketing and sales. So there is a trend that I'm seeing within the photography space. And I don't know if that goes to other people in other creative industries, but we're making content that is roasting past clients. And I am telling you on here as just general advice, I would try to steer away from doing social media content that roasts past clients. And so how that looks like is like people saying that, you know, clients who will have a very weird ask, you know, maybe it's nothing, anything harmful. It's just like a weird request, but they'll post it on socials. I mean, they don't add the person's name, but you know, you never really know when somebody says it and how they feel. Like if I was a very just, you know, innocent client that was asking a question because I just really didn't understand um, that creative business in that industry and like hence why I was even going to be outsourcing that work to somebody and then I saw that my question is blasted online and people are like making fun of it I wouldn't feel really good about it and I probably wouldn't want to work with somebody who would say that and even if you're somebody that's viewing that content and you haven't been a client of that person who's roasting their past clients you might be hesitant to actually work with them because you're like whoa what if I'm next what if they're going to roast me next? And the trend of roasting past clients isn't just exclusive to whenever we do our marketing. Sometimes it seeps into when we're actually doing the sales for our products and services when we're discussing pricing with clients. So it is very understandable for us to have that initial reaction when somebody is saying, hey, here's my budget. And that budget is like 50% lower than what you actually charge or maybe they're even asking you to do the work for free and they're really trying to push it. It is very natural for you to get heated in that moment because again, think about it. That anger is your body recognizing that you are being mistreated. So it comes from a place that is understandable. However, we have to also understand that how we react in those situations can have a lasting effect on the client that we're working with and even future projects. So we don't want to shame people if they have a budget and we don't want to shame people if they're not able to afford you. We don't want to shame people that they are disrespecting me as a creative or they're not being considered by all the hard work I do. Most of the time when people have a really low budget or they say that they can't afford you, it's mostly because they just don't know. I mean, a majority of the clients that I work with is it's their first time working with a professional photographer. So it's really more about us providing more information and demystifying the process for the client versus us assuming that they are coming from a place that is like malicious or that they're trying to basically fuck you over. Most of the time, people aren't doing that. You know, most of the time, people just don't know the creative process. And we got to remember that if we want to receive forgiveness and grace, we need to give that as well to other people. So a common situation where this happens, where it's very easy for us to get on the defensive and get kind of like snippy with people is when we get those really cryptic messages where you have a feeling that somebody's asking you to do work for free or maybe they've explicitly said it and you're trying to figure out a way to talk about your boundaries as a creative entrepreneur that wants to be paid well and on paid on time but also making sure that you're not shaming that person for the way that they approached you for a project 
if you're in a place that you can't do work for free, a couple of example responses that you could use are like, thank you for considering me for this great opportunity. I am unable to take on unpaid projects at this time, but I would love to work with you on a future project. This response is really great and I use this all the time because, you know, it's thanking them for reaching out. You're still opening up the avenue for future projects, but at the same time, you're also still putting down that hard boundary that, hey, I need to be paid, which is good, which is good. You do need to be paid. You need to be paid so that you could pay your groceries, you can have water, you can have shelter, you can have all the things that are needed to survive. Another response that you could also do, especially for those messages where it's not very clear if you are being asked to do work for free or not, um, I sometimes just tell people, thank you for reaching out. Are you able to confirm that this is a paid opportunity or a volunteer opportunity? I remember I got this advice from one of my dance, I'll say dance idols because she's so awesome. Um, so my friend Beth, she gave me this advice because it really helps make sure that you're not assuming that people are coming to you for a paid or volunteer thing because sometimes you know again people are not good communicators so it's always great to just ask clarifying questions and when you provide this question and they say oh it's a paid opportunity then you can be like all right here are my services and packages that I offer if it's a volunteer one if you have the capacity for it go ahead and continue that conversation. If you don't have the capacity for it, default to that other response I had where you're saying, hey, I, I don't have the capacity right now to do unpaid projects. You know, it's professional language. It doesn't provide shame on people. It still creates the boundaries that you need as a creative to be paid well and paid on time. And last but not least on how we can practice kindness towards others in our creative business is continuous learning. Now, we mentioned earlier in this episode about toxic work environments, and it is really awesome when other creatives are approaching their business in a way that is defying what they've been taught before about how a workplace is. It's really awesome whenever we want to create places that are more inclusive, they're kind, they're just wonderful places. But we also got to remember that this is a continuous process if we want to start a kindness revolution within business. Because as people, we learn from our past experiences. And I can honestly say there are times that I notice myself bringing those toxic traits from those past work environments into my current business. And I have to catch myself on it because, for example, I'll find myself overworking myself which is odd because I am both the employer and the employee and here I am being the bad boss that I told myself I didn't want to be we have to continuously go through this unlearning process and it's really uncomfortable especially when we are people that are told that you need to know everything by the age of 20 and that is not the case so be humble that you don't know everything lean into that uncomfortable unlearning process it is huge for you to be able to unlearn and then continuously learn better ways that we can approach people and make just the whole world a way, way, way less stressful place to be in. So ways you could seek knowledge, like we talked about, there's wonderful books that are out there. There's also a really great amount of knowledge that you can get from podcasts, which is 
really awesome because you're already doing the work already in knowing how to be a more mindful entrepreneur. There's also ways that you could continuously learn and tell people that you're continuously learning. It's an unpopular opinion in the business world to talk politics, but I am very upfront about my progressive beliefs and wanting to advocate for a more equitable world. I have land acknowledgments on my website because that was something that I saw on my therapist's website and I was inspired because I thought, oh crap, like I don't have that on my stuff and I'm not telling people about this land acknowledgement of where I'm located. So I added that in and it wasn't comfortable because I thought, shit, like I should have known. But I mean, we are not taught that. And like I said before, we need to provide ourselves the grace and forgiveness as well when we're being kind to others onto ourselves. So I added that land acknowledgement. I also make sure that on a lot of my things, I say that I'm BIPOC and LGBTQ plus inclusive. And it's really great to have this in a lot of your spaces as well because this gives people a clear indication that you are somebody that is creating a safe space for them to express themselves to be themselves but also part of the process of being very upfront about being an inclusive space it goes back to that unlearning process because we have to remember again toxic work environments maybe even just our day-to-day environments have not taught us the best way that we could be truly inclusive with people So there's going to be a lot of biases and a lot of things that we have to unlearn, ways that we've communicated with people or like even some of the jokes that we say are not very appropriate or don't make people feel good. So you'll go through an unlearning process as well, especially if you want to be able to say to people that you are an inclusive space. There's a lot of stuff to continuously, continuously work on. And one of the other spaces that I'm really trying to work on as well, and this is something that you and I can work on, is practicing kindness to the planet. We could start to work with partners and suppliers that share that same value. And this means seeking out companies that prioritize sustainability, ethical practices, and social responsibility. Because we got to remember, even as a small business, that doesn't mean that we stay isolated. Because a business is part of the larger ecosystem. Not just the economic system, but the literal like earth ecosystem. Like what we do as a business is has a huge effect on everybody on the world and everything in this planet. So we really also got to remember that there is a power that each of us hold to create a positive change beyond our own walls. And this is a topic that's so vital right now, especially with how climate change is really changing the way that we're navigating the world and how dire it is for us to take action now. That's a whole load of conversation for another day. But this is also something that I'm also still trying to learn. I'm having a lot of continuous learning and unlearning with this process. And I'm hoping that you could join me on that too. Because, you know, how can we continue to be kind to ourselves and kind to other people if we don't have a planet that we could live on well and sustainably? So six ways that you can practice kindness towards others Today, it is super vital to go ahead, start on this journey. If you're already doing some of these, you're fucking awesome. And remember, while we are using this episode to practice kindness towards others, remember again, you can use these same things towards yourself. I'm going to say that constantly because so many of us forget that we are also somebody that deserves respect and empathy. 
That's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, rate this podcast five stars and check out the link in the description to view the show notes. Everything in this episode is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace finance, tax, law, mental health, and other professional services. As always, we are here to support you because we don't believe in gatekeeping and we want all of our listeners to become thriving creatives. We'll continue the conversation about mindful creative entrepreneurship in next week's episode. Until then, stay inspired, keep creating, and eat some good food. This podcast was edited by Alexis Carrasquillo from Familia Creative Media.